Hello, it is Sunday, June 6th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is the UFC Vegas 28 fight card wrap-up. So, well, I'll jump right into things here. Um, The scoring situation, more so the scoring commentary situation, that's what I want to focus on to start. And it was one of the examples where the UFC commentators were um, competently wrong in how they were going over the the scoring t- uh, criteria for one of the fights. Um, it was the Woodson-Zalal bat- bout, and they were talking about the commentators. I think it was mostly Cruz and Bisping. They were talking about how the takedown defense was going to score points for, for Zalal because he'd stopped 15 of 17, I think it was, for the fight. So the, the commentary was this should get him. We don't know how he's going to score the judges are going to score the takedown defense. And the fact of the matter is the judges, if you read the criteria, which I'm hoping the judges did, it states clearly in the unified rules, and this is the quote about off, uh, defensive scoring. MMA is an offensive sport. No scoring is given for defensive maneuvers. And I'll repeat that. No Scoring is given for defensive maneuvers. Using smart, tactically sound defensive maneuvers allows the fighter to stay in the fight and to be competitive. So the expectation is you're going to be defensive because why wouldn't you be? Because you're getting punched and your limbs wrenched around. So defense is the expectation. Offense is what scores the points. So again, takedown defense does not score a point, uh, any points. Covering up and thwarting the offense of your opponent, not a scoring maneuver. So if you hear this, defensive scoring, scoring for takedowns, uh, takedown defense rather, don't listen to it because it is 100% wrong. Um, later on the card, uh, Cruz said something about he was wondering how the judges were going to score the criteria, score the criteria of of octagon control even though one of the fighters had clearly dominated the striking well the the criteria in judging is not striking it's not effective grappling and striking and everything else it's effective striking and grappling first then everything else so if effective striking and grappling has a clear winner you don't look at any of the other criteria that's the criteria you judge on. If effective and effective striking grappling are equal, well, then you move on to the next criteria, which is effective aggression. So even in this case, you wouldn't even you still wouldn't have looked at oct- octagon control before you looked at effective aggression. So striking and grappling, effective striking and grappling is first. If that's even, you go to aggressiveness. If that's even, then you go down to control. So it's not, the, it's not considered until the first two are equal. That needs to be understood, and Cruz clearly did not understand that. It's frustrating when you hear the announcers go over this scoring criteria and get it wrong. Um, so I, I implore everyone to at least read the scoring criteria, and if you need more instruction on it, you shoot me a question. I'll do my best to ask it. Shoot Sean Sheehan a question. He'll, he'll answer it. But the commentators are giving bad information 
on the scoring technique. One commentator that I know does a great job and doesn't get used enough is John Gooden. Gooden does clear instruction on the scoring criteria. So please, 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 if you hear the, the, the UFC commentators talk about judging criteria, look at the criteria before you take their word for it because they've been, a lot of the times they've been wrong. And it's, I know it's kind of goofy at some points, but it's not hard to get down once you read it a couple of times and start watching for it. It gets a little difficult when someone you consider an expert gets it wrong and announces it on, the, on the, uh, an event. That's when you start to doubt yourself. But if you ever start to doubt yourself, look at the criteria. Cruz and Bisping were wrong on, on Saturday. And uh, it's understandable, but it's frustrating because you would hope that they would get it right. But it, again, confusing, goofy, but not hard to get down once you understand it. Um, getting into the fights, Manon Fjord, uh, that's definitely wrong. Um, she looked great in this fight, but let's not forget that she was the biggest favorite and she was fighting a woman that was coming up from 115 to 125. So she was much bigger physically, much better striking, had a much better grasp of uh, everything striking-wise and MMA. Um, she was expected to win. I don't know if she was expected to win and look this good, but she looked very good. She did what she needed to do. And I would not be at all surprised by how, look, how good she looked in the striking department if the UFC... Uh, awards her a fight against the top 15 opponent in her next outing. Not surprised one bit. Um, so, yeah. She took advantage of the situation. Um, the opportunity was there for her to show out. She did. She definitely showed out. Makwan Americani, before this fight, um, Americani said he had not taken, more or less said that he had not taken his MMA career seriously and he was going to look at this fight as his UFC, de UFC debut. I remember when Americani came into the UFC and he got his first knockout win and everyone was pretty high on him. Um, he was, uh, he looked good getting the knockout. Uh, he looked, he looked good getting off the bus. He was uh, good cutting a promo. He was good on the interviews. Everything about him said potential star. I don't know what happened that kind of threw him off off track and that is what he acknowledged that he didn't take it seriously for whatever reason but then he comes out and he loses to a UFC newcomer in Kamala Kirk and I don't know I think this could be the end of uh, Americani in the uh, in the UFC he just didn't look like he had it um, and to lose to a late replacement who's making his UFC debut uh, not good. So Americani falls to one and three in his past four. And as much as it pains me to see that he did not succeed when he looked like he was going to, he might be on his way out of the UFC. Um, Tanner Bozer fought Alira Latifi. And if the idea was for the UFC to find out if Bozer had a, a takedown defense weakness and a ground game weakness, Latifi discovered that, yeah, he definitely does. Um, Bozer did not do good with the take on defense at all, and he didn't look like he could get off his back. Um, he didn't look like he knew how to get someone as heavy as Latifi off of him so he could stand up. Now, 
I'm not going to say Latifi's as heavy as some other other UFC heavyweights, but he's much more compact, and all that weight just sits on you like that. That's a test. It's like a pallet of anvils on your chest, and you and you have to try and get that off. And and Bozer did not um, bad bad outing for him. Um, he knows what he has to work on now. I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC gave him another wrestler in his next outing to see if he has been working on it. And maybe if he shows some improvement, they put him back on in some striking matchups. But he's definitely got to keep on the wrestling and uh, the, the, the ground game or else he's in big trouble. Montana De La Rosa did not have a win in her past two fights and she had did not have a TKO on a win on her record. And that all changed last night uh, against Ariana Lipsky, I think. Um, but yeah, she was, she showed, um, some, some improvement in her striking. Her ground striking was nasty. She wasn't just looking to accumulate volume once she took them out and started firing away. She wanted to do damage and big damage. And she did. I think she opened up cuts over both of her opponent's eyes and she was just very aggressive in the striking on the ground. Got her first uh, TKO in her career, which, good for her. Um, so, um, some progress is being made from Montana De La Rosa here on the ground, and that's what um, the UFC needed to see from her, and she delivered. She delivered very well. Uh, I was very impressed by the striking of Gregory Rodriguez. He was just so much crisper than his opponent. Um, everything was smooth uh, and very good striking. I don't know how big of an upside he has, uh, but striking was was very good and won him the fight. So I'm going to be interested to see how he gets matched up in his next outing and what he can do um, in, in that fight. But I'm going to watch him. I'm going to definitely watch Gregor Rodriguez. Santiago Ponzinibbio was uh, on his way out of his fight against Miguel Bieza. I... At the end of the first round, after Ponzinibbio had his front leg kicked to hell, I just thought this was going to be a stoppage from leg strikes, the way Bieza was, was picking him apart. And his striking was, Bieza's striking was better, more technical. He was finding openings, and Ponzinibbio was just not in this fight in the first round. I don't know what happened between the first and the second. Uh, maybe it was that he knew that he had accumulated accumulated a fair amount of damage on his leg and he knew that if he didn't do something drastic he was going to be out so he came out very aggressive in that second round and while his striking still wasn't as technical as Baez's it was it became more effective he worked well behind that jab um, and just put on a gutsy gutsy performance for the last 10 minutes to win the fight um, ended Baez's unbeaten streak which had been going since he made his MMA debut. I think he was 10 and 0 or 11 and 0, but his his uh, he had his first UFC loss. Ponzinibbio should get back in the rankings now. Um, but yeah, no quit, no quitting that guy. He uh, he could have easily been taken out from those leg kicks, but bit down, got more aggressive, and took the fight over in the in the last two rounds. Just fantastic outing and that fight might be in running for uh, it's going to probably be in running well it'll definitely be in running for best fight of this month 
It might be in getting some consideration for fight of the year. I don't think it'll win. But uh, those two really, really went after it in, in the last 10 minutes and especially in the last couple minutes. Great fight. Deserved the uh, fight of the night for sure. Um, Arsene Tabera looked uh, much like Ponzinibbio. looked like he was going to be on his way out during the first uh, early moments of the first round when Walt Harris kind of took over the fight there. But um, despite being maybe rocked a little bit, Tibera stayed uh, stayed stayed in the fight. And when Harris made a mistake, which he is wont to do by going to a kick to the body, and he couldn't bring his leg back to the ground quick enough, and Tibera caught that leg, put Harris on the mat, and just owned the fight after that uh, ground strikes. Harris had no answer. Um, Tibera now on a five-fight winning streak. And remember, he started his UFC. Um, well, I don't know if he started it, but he was at one and four at one point. One and four. And now he's on a five-fight winning streak. So good for him. Uh, Walt Harris just can't can't buy a win. Uh, some rough times for Mr. Harris. Maybe he needs to go down a level of competition and get a couple wins, rebuild his confidence. See what what he can do, uh, maybe a, in a Bellator or a PFL, but he's having a tough go now, and you don't really want to see him catch more losses just because of what he's gone through in his personal life. So, hopefully, he uh, catches some good luck because things have not not really gone his way uh, as of late. Rosenstroik, um, yeah, not an aggressive uh, first four minutes and fifty seconds. Of this fight between him and Augusto Sakai, neither of the men was really going after it. But 10-second clacker hit, and I don't know what that triggered in Rosenstrick, but he had been letting Sakai just kind of circle to the outside. Um, he didn't cut him off at all. Well, when the last 10 seconds started and he, he decided that, you know what, maybe give this a shot, he cut off Sakai and caught him with a left which kind of shocked him and then he came in with a right to the back of the behind the ear and that ended it i think he got one more strike on uh, sakai when he was down but the the right to the back of the ear was the uh was the one that really put everything in motion to get the ref to stop that one um so the knockout came at 459 of the first round beating you know in the in the late section of the round uh, knockouts that he he had that 456 in the fifth round against Overeem so he and he also had a couple in under 30 seconds I think so uh, start of the round and the end of the round keep an eye on if you're if you're fighting Rosenstrike be extra careful during those uh, sections of the fight Um, he was number six ranking in the heavyweight division before this event definitely going to go up Definitely should go up. Definitely should fight someone um, in the top five. He's not going to be in the running for a title shot anytime soon just because of the losses to Ngano and Gan. But he's definitely, you know, racks up some more wins, racks up a couple stoppages. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was 2022 title shot bound. Um, powerful, powerful man. And, uh, yeah, watch him at the start and the end of the round four. Sure. That was, uh, I think that was his 11th career knockout on 12 wins. 
and the two losses in his career. Again, Ngannou and Gan. Um, that's really all I had. It wasn't the greatest event, but UFC 263 should definitely come in and deliver. Um, well, I picked the. I think it'll be a long event, so I picked the first. I picked the top three fights, which are all five rounders, to go the distance. So you might want to uh, caffeinate for that one because it's going to be a long one. Also, I think there's a lot of fights on the card to begin with. So we're in for a long night on. Uh, next Saturday at UFC 263, but that's the wrap-up for UFC Vegas 28. So I will be back sometime soon. And till then, stay safe.